It is great to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. We appreciate so much you tuning in. And we pray, and we really do care, and we really do pray for you. And we pray that you are learning God's Word better, more thoroughly, more completely, more deeply as you study with us and search the Scriptures each day. And we pray also that you're not just gaining intellectual knowledge and understanding, but that you're moving in a direction where it is helping you in the way you live your life. That really is a bottom line goal for us, to help people come closer to God. And the most bottom line goal, to bring God glory. And as you do that, you will glorify your Heavenly Father. We hope that this is really helping. We love to hear from you. We're encouraged when we do hear from you. And we hope that we'll continue. If you're listening for the first time, we do pray for you. And we pray that you will listen intently, that you'll think about what you hear taught in this study each day, and that it will impress you that it is not just man's words, but it is God's word, and that it can make a profound difference for good in your life. Great to be here today with Dwayne Kennedy. Thank you, Garrett. It's great to be on the program with you, as always. I am encouraged by our listening audience knowing that you are listening to us again and that you are gaining knowledge. And this is evidenced by you making requests for Bible studies and Bible CDs and hope that you continue to do that. It's great to be on the program with Dennis Stackhouse as well. Thank you, Dwayne and Gary. I'm certainly blessed to be on the program with you both today. Really enjoy the time we can spend together going into God's Word and helping our listeners come to a greater understanding of what's recorded there for us. The encouragement we can gain, the confidence we can gain in God, in Christ, the confidence we can gain that if we're truly living as a Christian, we're assured of heaven. What a great confidence that is. But not just on the positive side. God's word also includes some warnings, some rebukes, some cautions, that help us to stay away from those things which are evil or sinful or questionable and remain focused on God and on Christ. Yes, those cautions and corrections, they therefore are good too, aren't they? They certainly are. To, to help us stay away from what can ultimately be detrimental to our mm -hmm. soul's salvation. Good to be with you today, brothers. It really Thank you. is. Thank good you. to have Dwayne with us. It we, is. We miss him when he's not able to be with us and uh, his schedule has uh, kind of precluded that but hopefully we'll be working that out to some extent in uh, the near future. Now we're going to get into a new line of study today. We're going to be talking about temptation and uh, not just the idea that temptation is there and that should be evident to every one of us mm -hmm. but also the idea that we can conquer temptation with God's help. Yes. And that's what ought to be encouraging to us. Yes. Mm -hmm. If it was just the reality of the existence of temptation, that might be pretty discouraging. It really can be. You know, all of us have faced temptation and all of us have succumbed to it. You know, and that's, even though we may not think about it in this light, that's the primary reason that Jesus came to this world, so that he could pay the price for our sin when we do succumb to temptation. Yes. You know, the Apostle Paul put it rather succinctly in Romans 3 and verse 23 when he said, 
all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right. Boy, and how telling that statement is. It is. And as you, you mentioned, Dennis, you know, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He yes. sure did. Luke 19.10, basic mm-hmm. to his mission. That's right. And what a, what a world of hurt we would be in if God had not sent Jesus on this particular mission that he did. Oh, hard to think of. In a way, it's comforting to know that we all face the same things. So we're all in the same boat. No one's different from anyone else. But it's even more comforting to know, as we will find in lessons like these, that we can overcome this difficulty, this, this temptation. We do not have to commit sin. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute, uh, Dwayne. You, you said we all have faced the same thing? Yes. We're not unique? No. In, our, in the temptations that confront us? No, we've all got a lot of company, everybody. Now, of course, I'm being a little bit facetious <laughs> in the way I'm asking that question. But you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. And yet, how many times do we, on an individual basis, feel like we're being faced with something that is unique to us? No. Nobody's oh, ever yeah. had to go through this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that happens far too often. Suffering will do that to you. Yes, mm-hmm. it will. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, that old statement, there is nothing new under the sun. Right. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. The kinds of temptations that confront each one of us as individual as they may seem to be to us personally, they have been faced or similar temptations to them by countless others before us. And you know, it's interesting too, uh, following up on what Dwayne said, that we've all faced these same things. You know, as we said just a few moments ago, Yes, all of us have faced these temptations and we've succumbed to them. But there's also one who has faced these same things and did not succumb to them. That's right. And that, of course, is Jesus Christ. It is. And someone might say, well, duh, <laughs> Jesus, of course. But he, he came in human form. He did. Right. And we might not appreciate the fact that he was tempted as we are. That's right. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 2. And how about reading verse 14, Dennis? Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Now the he there is Christ, isn't it? It is. He likewise shared in the same, and that is flesh and blood. In other words, a human existence, physical existence. He came in flesh and blood. Yes. Now, he was made like humanity. Yes, he was. In fact, we could, we could say he was, he lived as a human being in this yes, world. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Fully divine, yet fully human. Mm-hmm. What about verse 17, Dwayne? Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. I, he had to be like us. Mm-hmm. God sent him to live the life that we live. Yes. And in so doing, and if we had time, we could go into other passages in Hebrews here that tell us that, that he, you know, understood all of that. And we're going to look at one of those in a few moments, but we could go into further ones. 
he understands what we go through because he went through those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Now, what about verse 18 there, Dennis? For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Since he came in human form, mm -hmm. since he lived a human life as part of humanity, he experienced what human beings experience. Mm -hmm. Pleasures, displeasures, emotions, and temptations. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting there, before we get too far from verse 17, Gary, uh, we're told that Jesus had to be made like us in all things. And then the reason is given there by the writer, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. You know, had Jesus not experienced on a human level what we all do, the difficulties, the trials, the temptations, and so forth, how merciful could he be? You know, he would be detached. But having gone through all of that himself, I think it just tends to increase the aspect of him being merciful and faithful as he intercedes for us before God. That gives us something of a picture also, I think, Dennis of, and, and Duane, of the very personal relationship that God created us to have with him. Oh, absolutely. Not just an impersonal creator out there mm -hmm. who sets some mechanics in, in, into works, but he created us to have a personal relationship with him. And he demonstrated that oh, so abundantly by sending his own son mm -hmm. to become human and live amongst us and then die for us. Right, yes. I can't help but think about a person taking flying lessons, although I've never taken them, how they go with their trainer, an experienced pilot, and they learn everything about the plane. They learn everything about landing and um, taking off. They learn everything about the instruments. And then they have their solo flight. They have to put into practice what they have learned. And the more practice that they have, the better they become at it. We're, we're like that with the Lord. He was our leader in this, uh, he is the experienced one in overcoming sin, but we, we have a solo that we have to take. Now, the only difference between the pilot and Jesus is we always have access mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. When things are not going so good, when we are feeling weak, not only do we have the training and an example to follow, but we have access to God through prayer to help us through. Mm -hmm. As long as we walk with him, he'll always walk with us. That's right. Yes. That's and right. so even when we're flying solo, as you say, he's still there with us. Exactly. If we're walking with him. As he was giving the instructions to the apostles in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 20, he ended that up by saying, Lo, I am with you always, always. Yes. even to the end of the age. Yes. What a tremendous promise that is. What a confidence that must have instilled in those initial 12 men who went out to preach the gospel. And you know, it ought to instill in confidence in us as well. Absolutely. It really should. Mm -hmm. Now, Jesus, Jesus then became man. He was tempted like we are, 
He experienced the kinds of things that humanity experiences. And the point that we're trying to emphasize is including the temptations. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just a temptation here or there. He experienced the continual bombardment of temptations, just like human, humanity does. Mm -hmm. And yet, of course, he did that without sin. Mm. Now, in the fourth chapter of Hebrews, in verse 15, what do we read there? For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Another passage that tells us he went through it as we go through it. Yeah, we really need to focus on that, I think, Gary and Dwayne, because I think, at least in terms of what I've heard from other people, when they're succumbing to temptation, you know, you tell them, well, you know, Jesus went through it. He did not sin. Oh, he, he never faced what I do. Right. He never knew anything like that. He didn't live in the 21st century. He didn't know these kinds of things. Well, you can't be any more clear than the Hebrews writer was here in verse 15. You know, he tells us he was tempted in all points as we are. Nothing was left out. So you think he was tempted with uh, the prospect of riches? Certainly. Absolutely. In fact, that was one of the first temptations that we read about. Now, undoubtedly, he had numerous temptations confronted before then because he was already grown up as a, as a, as a young man by this time. He was in his 30s or so. Mm -hmm. And we, we see this as the beginning of his public ministry mm -hmm. when the devil you know, kind of confronts him in the wilderness and offers him the kingdoms of the world. Yes. Right. You think he was also tempted with sexual temptations? Yes, absolutely. In all points as we are. Hard for us to imagine, isn't it? Yes. It is. You think he was ever tempted to lie? Oh, yeah. One or to use profanity. One of the most frequent temptations is to lie. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. See, it's hard for us to imagine that, that Jesus went through all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 like as we are. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when we understand that, then we also understand that he understands us. Exactly. He experienced it. Mm -hmm. Now, on a much more trivial level, perhaps, and I'm not saying that this is trivial you know, to the extent that we should just blow it away. But I'm saying it doesn't compare really in, 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 in the import to what Jesus experienced so that we can know that he knows what we go through. But on a lower level, that's exactly how parents try to get across to their children. No, you cannot do this. Well, why not? Because it's bad for you. Mm -hmm. it, there's danger there. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you mean? Everybody's, all my friends are doing it. Well, I understand that, but it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you, the parent went through that. Yes, experience. That's right. They had that real life experience. Mm -hmm. Now, the child has a difficult time relating to the fact that mom and dad already know the end of that road, yes. potentially, yeah. that I'm wanting to go down because they went down that road. Mm -hmm. 
at least part way. And they were confronted with the danger personally. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus went down that road for us. Absolutely. Now, without committing sin, mm-hmm. without succumbing to the temptation, but he was confronted with the kinds of temptations that we're confronted with. Mm-hmm. So he knows what we go through. Temptation can take all kinds of forms, can it? Oh, it sure can. Some of it's very overt, mm-hmm. but some of it is not as obvious mm-hmm. on the surface mm-hmm. that it is really temptation. That's right. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 2. How about reading verse 16? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now I've referred to what John says there as three basic avenues of temptation that the devil uses. Mm -hmm. Lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Mm -hmm. And when you think about all the kinds of temptations that confront us, we can probably fit just about every one of those into one or more of those different kinds of temptations or different avenues. That's right. And the devil's very skillful in presenting those kinds of temptations to us, isn't he? Yes, he really is. You know, if you, if you go back even to the beginning in the book of Genesis, you look at Adam and Eve, and you try to classify the ways that the devil was trying to get to Eve to get her to sin, we probably see at least two of those avenues used, if not all three, with her. Yes, yes. And it may not be quite as obvious when you just kind of do a surface level reading through that account. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it closely, the devil really did hit her pretty hard there from two or three different perspectives. Yes, he really did. Joseph is another example. We're given a whole, you know, a long account of a lot of his life. Mm -hmm. And he is someone we can learn from. Oh, yes. About how to confront temptation. Mm -hmm. Also... How could temptation confronts you? Mm-hmm. Let's turn to Genesis 37. And Dwayne, how about reading verse 28? Then many a night traitors passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Now, how awful. You talk about being confronted with temptation. How awful would it be? To go out and, and be on a, you know, a mission from your father to go out and check on your, your brothers mm-hmm. and you get out there and they throw you into a pit, they're mm-hmm. ready to kill you, mm-hmm. and then they decide to spare your life, they sell you instead. Isn't that, you know, it's really, it may be difficult, I guess I should say, for some of us to understand how hatred can go to that point. You know, Joseph's brothers hated him yes you know he was favored by his father Mm -hmm. you know we we understand that and that was probably not the wise thing for his father to do but nevertheless it was done and you know if I remember the account correctly as Joseph was coming to his brothers on this occasion they were derisively saying here comes this dreamer yes dreamer because he had shared some of the dreams that he'd had with them in the past which, 
you know, had I been one of his brothers, I think I'd have been upset too. Yeah, maybe Joseph should not have uh, yeah. been so open about some of that. That <laughs> could well be. I'm going to rule over you. Could well be, yes. <laughs> not the thing especially an older brother would want to hear. Yeah. yeah. You know, and most of these brothers were older than Joseph. Yes. He just had one younger brother. But, uh, yeah, the hatred that goes to the point that they actually take their flesh and blood and sell him. To foreigners. Yeah. Who are going to take him to a foreign country. Yeah. And you think about that from Joseph's standpoint now. He's in a land that he's unfamiliar with, more than likely. He's probably surrounded by a language he doesn't understand. And as we'll see in just a moment, he's purchased by a powerful Egyptian military official. Well, let's, let's read that in Genesis 39 and verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the bodyguard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. So he was bought. He was bought. He was away from his family in a foreign land, a foreign culture, mm-hmm. probably, as you said, foreign language, mm-hmm. And now he's bought as a piece of property. Yeah, property. Just incredible. He didn't go where he willed, for sure. No, no. Now (laughs) the next verse, though. I'm sorry, Dennis, go ahead. uh, I was just going to say what what we're told about Potiphar here is a bit interesting. Uh, This version renders him as captain of the guard, and another version calls him captain of the bodyguard. Same idea, but this was evidently an elite band of Egyptian soldiers who were very skillful in execution. And in fact, one historian called Potiphar the chief of the executioners. Wow. So a seasoned, hardened military man in Egypt purchases Joseph. Buys him. Yeah. Now he owns him. Dwayne, how about verse 2 there in Genesis chapter 39? The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So he's sold. He's, as you pointed out, hated by his brothers. Mm -hmm. They're ready to kill him, many Mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. Instead, they sell him as a slave. Mm -hmm. So he's gone. He's in a foreign country. He's bought by one of those foreigners. Mm -hmm. He's... Every, his life is out of his control now. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yes. But now that second verse of chapter 39 there in Genesis is the encouraging verse for all of us. Yes, it is. God, the Lord was with Joseph. Yes. And it's amazing, you know, as you look at that, Gary, if you go just a little bit further, he was a successful man. I think, well, he's a slave. He's like a piece of property. He's in this foreign land, surrounded by this foreign language, in a situation he probably doesn't understand very much about at all. Successful? He rose to the top of slavery. That doesn't make sense. How could he be successful? Well, let's come back and visit that particular prospect in our next program, because we're out of time today. But hopefully that whets the appetite of our listeners. And we do hope that you will tune in again tomorrow as we continue to learn about overcoming temptation through the example of Joseph and that being an encouragement to us. 
We'd love to hear from you. We hope that you will contact us and ask for that free Bible study, and we hope that you will call or contact us today.